0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello. Where's the try? And he's always prepared to give it a go. On the ball
1: on
2: BFM
0: 89.9. We are on the ball, and our three pundits today are, well, they're the kind of professionals and uh, with the expertise you would normally only ever see in a really great testimonial match, but we have here, uh, he is Des Corkill
1: delighted to be here cam thank you very much what a fabulous week of football we've just had as well i can't let it pass Johor's performance in the afc champions league
0: and we're going to cover that uh, des is very happy because liverpool is doing very well and he is also very happy because his uh nottingham forest are doing very well he is bob holmes
3: hi everybody good to be back yes uh, can't believe how well forest are doing yeah, i didn't yeah. i didn't say we i didn't say we. <laughs> but i will later
0: if, if if we let you if we let you know <laughs> and and he is uh he's on the beach really because his Aston Villa are well what are they anyway Ben, he is Gogolin.
2: hi everyone thank you. good to be back on this friday and uh, you know sloppy haraya for everybody celebrating
0: oh yeah and be careful on the roads people and uh, so we have got a packed show tonight we've got champions league semi final we've got europa league or cup we've got the uh europa Vars Rumbelows Conference League uh, uh, as well, and we got some Premier League and some Malaysian football too. And so we'll go straight into the Champions League semi-final. The first one was Man City four, Real Madrid three. Gogolin, it. I mean, Man City should have been absolutely out of sight. They were always in the lead, but that Real Madrid kept coming back. So the final score, as I say, was Man City 4, Real Madrid 3. So therefore, Real Madrid are in the Champions League final, correct?
2: <laughs> no, I know, I wouldn't say that. But let me go back to the game. I mean, these are nights that you that you wake up and, you know, you watch that, you know, you, you're glad that you stayed up and watched this game because it was a purely attacking football on both sides. Pure European nights are made for this, you know. City are becoming European uh, a European team by the players they have, as you can see from this game. They should have been out of sight, yes, Cam, but this is City and they always shoot themselves foot. And of course, Real Madrid with Benzema there, you know, they, they're always going to come back. And the Vinicius goal was, you know, pure, pure class, though. So yes, I, they they should have been out of sight. Yes, they should have uh, uh, settled this uh, tie in the leg. But you know, it's going to go back to Real, and I think uh, if you're going to be if you're going to watch one game, stay up for that one.
0: Yeah, but uh, just the one goal uh, there when you go to the Bernabeu, uh, Bob. Have we discovered that the key to success is to have really good players? Forget all that kind of strategic world view. Really good players—they run around a bit and then they're good for ten minutes.
3: (laughs) Well, it seems a very efficient way of doing it, doesn't it? And they've got thirteen Champions League trophies to their name. But um, running around for ten minutes—I think you're being kind. I don't think it was even as long as that. No, City murdered them, and really, Pep—you saw his reaction. I mean, he went through all all kinds of emotions, didn't he? City should have won that about 6-2, I reckon. It would have been a fairer um, reflection of the play. Of course, they had the most possession, the most chances, the most everything. And they were missing them. And I'm going to say it again, but I think they are missing a genuine top goal poacher. I mean, it looks like they're going to buy one next season. but another season may go by if they don't go through well even if they do go through they've got to face Liverpool most likely in the final this will this could well be another missed opportunity for Pep and he hasn't won this you know since uh since Barcelona murdered Manchester United at Wembley the second time um 2011 I think it was. Now, that's a long time for the so-called greatest manager in the world to go without winning the top trophy. And he's been managing the top clubs. So, you know, I think uh, he'll be sweating, but I wouldn't put it past him. uh, And I wouldn't put it past City because they were far superior to Real Madrid in almost every department. And I think that now they've had more experience in Europe. I don't think they'll be phased by the Bernabeu and I think they can do the job there. Actually, I really do.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, uh, Des, let's compare and contrast. You, you are obviously, and we've said it before, uh, support Liverpool, and uh, you're you're you'd therefore be watching one of one of the teams that are going to you're going to be playing at um, the final. And uh, what did you think? I mean, for, uh, the thing that came to my mind was uh, from what uh, Bob was saying about Pep Guardiola. I think it's now it's time. I know they lost, but to say that. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti is the greatest manager of all time.
1: <laughs> Firstly, uh, Liverpool aren't through yet. Uh, and I think Liverpool will be the first ones to say that. We'll talk about that in a, in a while. Listen, Man City have scored four at home and they've been undone by a brilliant, a, a brilliant volley from Benzema. From what's not even a half chance. An incredible goal uh, from the halfway line by Vinicius Junior. And then a little bit of a misfortune. So they've scored four goals. So I keep hearing they need a centre forward, and yet they've scored four goals against Real Madrid. And um, what what I I thought Manchester City did really well here was they didn't change the way they played. They they went for it. They got the early goals. De Bruyne they, uh, and Jesus. They were they were two 0 up inside ten minutes. We, we uh, one of the criticisms of um, Pep Guardiola has been that he tinkers. He didn't tinker. He trusted his team to keep attacking and keep scoring, which does occasionally make them vulnerable to really good teams on the break. Uh, But but you can't say, hey, you shouldn't tinker. And then when he doesn't tinker, say, ah, you should have tinkered or you should have done this or should have done that. So um, I think Man City are in a good place. I I, I kind of agree that they could go to uh, Madrid and win. Uh, comfortably. They could also lose 4-3 because Madrid, going forward, have got this ability to conjure goals out of nothing. And we don't talk about Vinicius Junior. He's gone under the radar with Benzema's goals. But Vinicius, what a player he has become. And Rodrigo on the other side, what a player Vinicius Junior is. He is devastatingly quick. And that's terrifying for any team that tries to attack.
0: Yeah. So, uh, well, Des was talking down the chances there of Liverpool getting through, but they beat, um, they won their semi-final clash against Villarreal 2-0, uh, pretty easily Gogolin, I felt. Uh, they could and should perhaps have scored more, but didn't make too many other chances. Uh, you famously said that Thiago is a terrible footballer.
2: <laughs> overrated. Overrated is the word I'm using. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, he's
0: toning it down a bit. He's oh it down. I, I will never call
2: a player terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he's making the Liverpool squad, but overrated is the word I'm going Whoa, for. Wow. Were you
0: impressed by the uh, the Liverpool uh, play?
2: I've already said Liverpool are the form team at the moment. I've said this before and over and over again. And the, the team, if you ask me, the only team I'll watch right now in the Premier League, you know, our next City and Liverpool are the only two teams I'll watch. And Liverpool right now in the, in the Champions League with the Villarreal draw when they got it. Yes, Villarreal can pull something out of their head, but in team games like United and all that. But Liverpool are a well-oiled machine right at this point, And they're peaking at this point. You know, I don't see any stutter and all that. Even teams have the low block like against Everton, when Everton did it against them with all the dark arts and everything. And I don't blame Everton for doing that because, you know, you, if you go and attack Liverpool, you're going to get murdered. But even then, they found a way. They found a way through. So, you know, a team like Villarreal with a 2 0 lead, uh, I have I, hard to see Liverpool not being in the Champions League final in Paris. Hmm. So, you Liverpool fans out there, I suggest you start booking your
1: tickets now. There's only 20,000 of them. There's not many tickets.
0: Yeah. uh Bob I'm going to save you for a fascinating Premier League clash in a moment but there's uh so Liverpool 2-0 it was it was a it was a very good performance but they were not really pushed too hard.
1: So they didn't allow Villarreal to push them too hard because they were relentless in the way that they pressed. Uh the front five Thiago couldn't disagree with Gogsmore. I think Thiago is now coming into the form we expected of him when signed from Bayern Munich. He makes, he makes the difficult passes look simple. He had a 96% pass rate, of which half of his passes were forward passes. It's easy to have 96 if you're going backwards and sideways, but the stats show he's making the difficult passes and still hitting them. He's an awesome player. And with Fabinho Canate and Virgil van Dijk kind of blocking up uh, anything coming out, the press... Uh, Raul Albiol was trying to play the ball out, as as was Torres. They were trying to play the ball out through uh, Danny Parejo. They just couldn't. There were they, they, there was somebody pressing them the whole time. They were, Liverpool were relentless, relentless, relentless. The pressure was phenomenal, and eventually they broke. Um, the reason why I, I'm I'm holding caution to it is it is only two 0 and two 0 is a, a weird old score. An early goal against in the second leg, and it becomes a completely different contest. Particularly with the away goals threat being eliminated in, in, in this, uh, from, from this season in the FC Champions League. Well, sorry, in all Champions League. So um, uh, it's not a job done, but I thought Liverpool was so mightily impressive. I'm just concerned that so many great things have happened to the club recently. Mm-hmm. Man United 4-0, Everton 2-0, Champions League semi-finals, Klopp agreeing to sign a new contract, all going so, so well. That's when something really comes in and kicks you in the teeth.
2: It is. It is, isn't it? Well, that's every football fan's fear, right? But you know, yes. you, as as a neutral, I mean, not, as not as a non Liverpool fan, I'm telling you, sit back and enjoy it. Oh, I'm because enjoying could, it. Yeah, because you could say that you were there and watched this Liverpool team at its peak. Absolutely. And you know, you I I, I I always had a always looked out for Liverpool, even during the back of the days when they were, you know, the last time when they won in the League Cup was in the 90s or something. I remember still watching that game, the Milk Cup or whatever, their last trophy, and then they went through the dole drums, right, of the pay, of the Coulier and Jolier uh, you know, wanna
1: travel. Benitez, oh, yeah, okay.
2: what the Champions yeah, sure. Cup. Yeah, wait, no,
0: we're, we're talking about the real trouble here, mate. It's <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> a <laughs> treble. <laughs> it's a treble, yes. Okay, it's so the Scouse treble. Let's uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be looking at uh, a team that used to win real trebles. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh, that's harsh.
0: <laughs> uh, here on On The Ball, BFM 89.9. Deserved a goal, that. lovely return pass. Just wide.
2: On The Ball on BFM 89.9.
0: And we're back with On The Ball. And now, after a bit of Champions League semi-finals, we're going to go Premier League. There was a Premier League match played, what, last night? And uh, it was a very strange match. It was Manchester United won, Chelsea won. Both teams, kind, well, Chelsea, I mean, who can say? Manchester United in with a chance at that fourth spot. Bob Cristiano Ronaldo pops up and scores a magnificent goal. He's the greatest player of all time. And uh, there's nothing wrong at Manchester United. <sighs>
3: I can only laugh. Um, He is one of the greatest players of all time, but there's a hell of a lot wrong at Manchester United, as you saw from their own fans, boycotting the start, many of them thousands, in fact, uh, demonstrating against the hated Glazers uh, with justification, of course. Um, A lot wrong there. It was, um, I mean, this game... Uh, because of the Champions League games preceding it, was almost forgotten. It was almost a non-event. And there wasn't a lot at stake because Chelsea are pretty, pretty much nailed on for uh, a top three uh, position. And Manchester United are nailed off, I think, uh, for a top four. It looks very much as if they're going to be in the uh, Europa League or, or possibly even the conference unthinkable though that may seem. But um, they were just a disjointed mess once again and saved by Ronaldo who scored now eight of their last nine goals. And it just stirs the argument yet further, doesn't it? What should they do with him? Um, Has he been a success or a failure? I mean, his goals record, obviously makes him a success. But there is the argument that United don't play as well with him in the side. And the Ralph Randwick has not been able to solve that problem. And it'll be very interesting to see if his successor, Eric Ten Hag, can manage that. Because Ronaldo's still got another year on his contract. And it's not the clubs are not queuing up to sign him. I mean, there's only about two in the entire world that can afford him, PSG being one of them. Um, he can't go to City now. Uh, could conceivably, at a pinch, go back to Real Madrid, I suppose. But the chances are he may stay. And uh, But where does he play? Where does he fit in? Because the rest of them, they did look rubbish, didn't they? Um, and Chelsea, Chelsea deserve to win that. And I think Thomas Tuchel just can't can't believe how they didn't. Uh, they, they missed so many chances. And these the big signings are really not delivering. You have to question Chelsea's big signings now. Havertz, uh, Werner and Lukaku. Between them, they cost about £250 million. And although they're all individually decent players they're not actually delivering in this current chelsea side are they so big a big question there for what's going to happen but overshadowing everything is the is the bidding for the club who's going to get it how much money they'll have to spend etc cetera, etc cetera. so big questions about chelsea
2: well to be fair both, both teams are in a state of flux in two different ways right i mean based on what bob's saying and based on what's out there but, you know, I think you're a bit harsh on the habits it's, uh, itself. You know, right? David De Gea had a stroma of a game. You know, yes. he kept them in that game in that half, first half. You know, I really don't know how he, he pulled off save after save after save. So, if not for David De Gea, I, I think uh, Chelsea would have been 4-5 nil up in that first half alone.
3: Well, that, that uh, emphasises my point. I should have said De Gea has been great. Yes. But, I mean... To have your goalkeeper as your best player
0: in in most
3: games. I mean, what does that tell you?
0: Actually, we we never talk about goalkeepers. And I'd like very quickly for us to to say, who do we think has been the best Premier League goalkeeper this season? I'd put my hand up and say De Gea. I think he's really spectacularly good. Uh, Anyone else got any bids?
1: I think De Gea has rescued Manchester United on so many occasions, but goalkeepers need to do different things at different times. Obviously, shot-stopping is the obvious one, but with Edison and Alisson, they don't get involved as much, but they both make huge numbers of massively important blocks on breakaways. So it's not as spectacular as De Gea. Um, But I'm a huge De Gea fan. And I'm still giggling that people used to think that Dean Henderson was as good as De Gea. I said (laughs) so at the time. I keep saying so now. That's not um, anything against Dean Henderson. It's just that De Gea is and has been, for the best part of a decade, outstanding uh, in, in exactly what he does and he, he saved Man United. There were there were 15 shots by Chelsea yesterday. 65 percent possession. So the pressure was all under here, and he responded brilliantly. Had no chance with Alonso's goal, which was a great volley. Chelsea were very good. Man, Man United are just going through a malaise at the moment. I'm sure they'll get out of it because of the players in their lineup, but it it's, it'll be a struggle between now and the end of the season for them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the Europa League semi finals, and we had uh, West Ham against Frankfurt eintracht frankfurt and they uh were unable to beat them and they came out uh it was west ham one eintracht frankfurt two and you know that the match kind of went well when the uk press starts saying about you know brave west ham and uh cruelly denied by the woodwork was jared bowen which, with a really fantastic effort bob uh i was very disappointed by west ham
3: uh yeah they they didn't quite hit their straps did they I think um, the build-up, perhaps the emphasis on um, winning this trophy, they suddenly switched off the league uh, when they realised that uh, perhaps an easier route to the Champions League next season is to win this um, to win this cup rather than to make top four. Um, I think probably right choice. Uh, they can still do it. They're not out of it by any means, but. Um, They didn't quite deliver, and I think it comes back, a bit of bad luck, yes, Bowen hit the woodwork twice, um, and uh, Antonio did manage to score, but it was his first goal in 20 games, and I think this is West Ham's problem, the lack of a real goal scorer. Um, They had, of course, famously, Sebastian Haller, uh, who was one of the great Premier League flops uh cost about 45 million sold back for less than half that and now the rumor is because he's done so fantastically well under Eric ten hag at Ajax this is football for you that Manchester United are prepared <laughs> to buy him for 40 or 50 million so when when you look at the stats you can see why he scored 11 goals in 8 games in the champions league it was the first the fastest ever to score 10 goals in champions league history and he scored almost a goal a game in the dutch league so it will be fascinating to see if he does come back to the premier league i mean you wouldn't put it past him if ten Hag likes him and thinks he can get a tune out of him then uh, then fine but um this is what West Ham were missing, I think. And they, they're going to uh they're going to Frankfurt. It'll be a tough assignment, but they know what they're up against now. Perhaps they underestimated Eintracht a little bit because they're mid-table in the Bundesliga. And that doesn't suggest uh, a top outfit, does it? Quite. Um, so uh I think I, I wouldn't put it past West Ham with a really resolute um typical David Moyes rear guard action for most of the game and then try to nick it on the break. So I think all to play for. I was hoping for a Rangers West Ham final but um both British clubs went and lost the semis first legs so difficult now.
0: Well Des, let's talk, let's talk about Rangers. Uh you know it's a great name isn't it Rangers very famous club and uh, but they they were beaten by um I'm looking at are uh, RB Leipzig of course. And uh, whenever I watch Scottish teams, I feel like they're running through treacle. They are so slow. And it shouldn't be a surprise. I looked up the wage bill. Rangers' wage bill is half that of RB Leipzig. Rangers' wage bill is less than Norwich City. And perhaps, you know, these big names obscure the fact that an RB Leipzig should be better than Rangers'.
1: And you wonder why I complain about the inequalities in football. You, you've just um, elicited it in, in one easy easy uh, lesson there. So Rangers pay as much as they can. They get cast-offs from the Premier League, um, promising players perhaps to, to, to come through and, and their own youth development. Uh, but they don't play a lot of football in the schools in Scotland, which is where all of this started. They don't play competitive football in the schools, so there's nobody coming through the system, so there's nobody available. So that, that's a, a big, big story about what's gone wrong in Scotland. Um, but Rangers, um, Leipzig, like go, I've, I've got a lot of money behind them with Red Bull. It's um, that, That's what the RB stands for. That's where the money comes from. And they themselves are a selling club, but they managed to unearth brilliant uh, gems of footballers Um They're not out of it. Rangers were undone by a superb goal. What, five minutes from time, a volley from the edge of the penalty area. They defended really well. McGregor had done well. Um, and Kunku hadn't really had that many chances. So Rangers have still got an opportunity, a bit like West Ham. They're only a goal down. Uh, 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 If they can get themselves in front of a packed crowd, which it will be, and maybe intimidate Leipzig because Ibrox is really tight on, on the players. You never know, we might have an all-British final. Then again, we might have an all-German final. And my question for you, Cam Raslam, is would you cover the Europa League final if it was an all-German final on this programme?
0: Of course. If BFM send me out there, I'll, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll I'll cover anyone. Would you choose it in your running order?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, absolutely-ish, kind of. I don't know. Um, interesting point. Hey, Goglan, uh, speaking of RB, Red Bull, would you be open to an RB Aston Villa?
2: RB? No, of course not. We already, we cannot have a, a business plan that is a, based on being a selling club. You know, what is the point of it all then? You know, you're just going to be going through the concern and be a marketing for a, a brand. No, of course not.
0: Yeah. That's,
2: okay. that's what RB, RB Leipzig are, basically. Sell shirts, you know, be a training ground for academy of sorts where you can sell players, make a bit of money and be a, a upstart for the brand.
3: Yes, the most unpopular club in Germany. Yeah, they're hated by rival fans. Potentially, yeah. Europa League Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah. I, I agree with Bob. You know, you you you've got to separate the what he's trying to say in terms of the fan base and all that, and what the rest of Germany thinks, and also what what they're putting on the pitch. Yes, you know, like you said, money talks in a certain way, but it's not right.
1: Hey, hey, hey!
2: That's been my mantra for decades. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, the, the same thing with Newcastle, right?
0: Yeah, it's not right. But if it was like, you know, RB Nottingham Forest, I think that uh, (laughs) certain Bob Holmes would be very confused. (laughs) (laughs) No
3: chance. No chance.
0: (laughs) Okay, but Goglin, uh, take us through then to the, I've got to remember the name of this. Uh, It's the Europa Conference semifinals. It was Leicester-Roma and it was the return of Jose Mourinho, who did not disgrace himself, Leicester one, Roma one. I don't know. I, the only thing I learned from this was that Tammy Abrams is is very tall for for a guy who's <laughs> what he's only what thirteen years old or something. Yeah.
2: Tammy 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 is the one of worlds true to the from the championships to the Premier League man. So we have a lot of we have a lot for Tammy. He was on loan to uh, Villa from uh, Chelsea for a while.
1: lot of wheeze there, Cam. A lot of wheeze uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm I'm pressing the button, but I is <laughs> should be getting electric sharks right now. <laughs> Yeah, but again, back to the match. Yes, this is what uh, Jose Mour- Jose Mourinho does best, right? Win cups for teams that he's uh, signed for, he's famously winning cups for United and all that. So again, you know, I really didn't catch this match, so I'm really going to catch the highlights of this eventually. But again, to back to say what what, what your question is: what, what Jose Mourinho or Tammy Abraham? <laughs> <laughs> I guess oh, both. Are yeah, oh, Leicester's it. chances, in know. Leicester, yeah. Yeah, so I, I fancy still Leicester's chances in it. They, they gave them this as good as they got, apparently, from what I read the match report. I don't. I, 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 I really didn't watch this match, so I don't know whether the other two did.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, which one of you two, hardened professionals, watched the <laughs> Europa Conference? I saw, the I saw the highlights. Saw the highlights. Dares, it's down to you. Did you stay up late and watch Feyenoord versus Marseille?
1: No, I am sad, but I'm not that sad.
3: watched the matter? Oh, no, no. I, I'm not talking about that game. I'm talking about Leicester. I didn't watch Feyenoord. And, uh,
0: but you're pretty good, actually. Pretty good. Um,
3: five goals, yeah. yeah Probably the yeah. best game of the night. <laughs> exactly, Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, well, let's just leave it there then, shall we? Good luck, Leicester. Um, <laughs> and et cetera. And Jose Mourinho. well God, if anyone knows how No, but
2: to- I've got to ask uh, Bob and Des, what do you think of Leicester's chances in the second leg? <sighs> Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so uh, Abraham,
1: Abraham didn't fire. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, Tammy Abraham seems to love playing under Mourinho. Uh, he's, he's, he's come of age. He's scoring freely. Um, Roma. If their fans get behind them, it's an intimidating venue, and Roma will exactly. Um, and they've got nothing really to play for. They're out of the Champions League slots. So I think this is going to be awkward for for Brendan Rodgers. If if Leicester get through, it's a fabulous result.
3: Mm. Well, Leicester haven't got anything to play for either, have they? Other than this. Yep. So um, I think uh, it could be a ding-dong battle, actually. 70,000 crowd there. I think Leicester are up for it. They had a bit of experience in Europe now, and uh, they know what they're up against. Um, Vardy was back. I know he didn't make that much impact, but at least he's back. Um, But you're up against Mourinho, who uh, claims to have won 25 and a half trophies, in his career, you know what the half is, don't you? When he was <laughs> when he was sacked a week before the um, the League Cup final, which they went and lost, right?
0: Yeah, I think in Liverpool in Liverpool metrics you times that by three, isn't it? So. <laughs> anyway, move on. And uh, in a moment, we're going to be doing some uh, Premier League previews here on on the ball BFM eighty nine point nine. Clearance off the
1: line.
2: How important did that turn out to be in the end? On the
0: ball on BFN 89.9. And we're back on On the Ball with myself, Cam Ruslan, Dez Corkhill, Bob Holmes and Gogolin. And now we move to some Premier League previews, matches coming up uh, over the weekend. We're getting to that, that time when the matches are getting pretty crucial. So, for instance, Bob, let's start you off with Newcastle versus Liverpool, a resurgent Newcastle richest team in the world, against a magnificent Liverpool. Could this be a banana skin in Liverpool's hopes of winning the Premier League title?
3: Uh, potential banana skin, yes. Uh, I would say it's the second most tricky fixture that they have in the league, uh, Spurs being the the toughest on paper. Newcastle resurgent, yes, I think that's a correct word. Um they're relieved not to uh, be going down, um, and Eddie Howe seems to have done a pretty good job. Uh, there's a an air, air of optimism there; things are going pretty well, um, and they'll like they'd really relish um, a scalp like Liverpool. But Liverpool are, are really we are talking about a great team here, and I think that they can. They can handle whatever Newcastle can throw at them. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Alan Saint-Maximum plays. Uh, he's gone off the boil a little bit, ironically, during the renaissance of Liverpool. They've not relied as much on him as we perhaps thought. Um, but uh, no, Liverpool, I think, are just too good. And uh, I, I have to say that they've added another trophy this week by getting Jurgen Klopp to sign for another two years. That is as good as a trophy. And I think you can say now, Liverpool have got two trophies and are going for the quintuple, not the quad. Because that is fantastic news for the for the club. It means so much. There's continuity, it means future signings people want to go and play for Klopp and all that and he's going to be there for another four years it's uh that's the best news that liverpool have had uh in a long time so uh, that i mean just that alone may may buoy them for this game uh i, I know Klopp doesn't like saturday lunchtime kickoffs <laughs> uh, especially after a midweek game but um I think they've got too much. I mean you, whenever you analyze it when you look at Liverpool and City you always come down on this on their their side thinking they're just too good um whether it's Real Madrid or Newcastle you know um these are the two best teams in the world in my opinion right now and I I would not forecast against either of them unless they play each other.
0: Well, so, Guglin, if uh, Klopp is going to be staying at Liverpool for another four years, that means Steven Gerrard will be at Aston Villa for another four years. <laughs> uh, biding his time, twiddling his thumbs. Let's take you on to the next one, Leeds versus Man City. You know, Leeds, Leeds are not out of trouble down at the bottom, but they, they've they been showing distinct signs of, um, I was going to say improvement, but uh, uh, ability to... To... A
2: life in a distinct sense, of life to fight back. And I think they, they should be all right. So, again, back to what Bob was saying, you know, for the research in Newscastle, Leeds at home is a different ball game, also, you know, for the city players. I think Pep also mentioned this in one of his pregame talks after the Real Madrid game that he has to concentrate on Leeds because Leeds will come fighting. You know, Allen Road is not a place you want to be with those fans baying. Uh, for, uh, for them, you know, and leads up again, like you said, fighting for survival. So every point comes. So they'll they they will be fighting, and the lead side with the back with the team with that stadium behind them it's a it's going to be a, a bit of a ask for the Man City players, if you ask me. So it's not going to be that cut out, and it's it might be a, a potential banana skin of sorts. And also, you have to understand that this game happens after the Liverpool game. So
0: yeah. Well, Des give give please give us a, a, a quick overview then of the run-in of these two clubs. Well, are we are we grasping at straws by saying banana skins from the likes of Newcastle and Leeds? Uh, or are we just watching two teams that are gonna plod on, win every match, and, and end up one point apart?
1: Um, they're not gonna plod on. They're gonna carry on playing thrilling football because both have been doing that. But Newcastle away in particular is is it's not a banana skin. Newcastle have proven themselves over the last um well, ever since Eddie Howe got there, their, their their form guide is the second best after Liverpool in the whole league. So their form is phenomenal. Uh, it's amazing what a billion dollars does, isn't it? That um, Newcastle have got themselves out of trouble um, so effortlessly. They're not actually a million miles away from a European place. Um, it's not about Tim Maximum. They've tightened up defensively. They've stopped conceding goals. That means that Gumares, who's recently come into the team, is able to show a little impudence. It means that uh, Almiron is able to show the um, the, the promise that uh, he was allowed because there's a base for them to work It's always the base. You start with the defence. Make your defence relatively solid and then you can uh, push forward and and show and express yourself. So Newcastle away is tough. I've got family members, nephews uh, who are Leeds um, uh, fans. They were born and brought up on the wrong side of the Pennines. They think they've got a chance against Man City. I utterly disagree because I think Man City (laughs) will just steamroll them because I do think City have got this ability to score early, kill games, which is something that Liverpool don't quite have, the ability to kill games early and then be able to control a the game thereafter. Normally, City control games after early goals. They didn't against Madrid, but Leeds away compared to Real Madrid, different gravy.
0: OK, well, Bob, take us to uh, what's going to be... It's, it's kind of intriguing. It's West Ham versus Arsenal. Arsenal are really in the position where they can really cement that fourth spot, which I think... That's actually come as a surprise to them. I think they were planning for Champions League football to gain it next season, not this season. But Arteta's done well. And West Ham, who were in that full spot for a while, have drifted down. Where where do you see this one going?
3: Well, well, I think it's advantage Arsenal. Um, They didn't play this week. uh, They They had a rest. And uh, I think that's quite uh, significant, whereas West Ham as we've just discussed, had a tough game on Thursday night. So a big advantage, in fact, for Arsenal. And uh, beating Chelsea uh, in that uh, previous away game, that was, I think, that was something they didn't really expect. That's jolted them back up into pole position, as it were, for fourth place. Uh, That's where they're sitting now. And I think if they beat West Ham... That'll just about shut the door for West Ham, and uh, they. All that Arsenal have got to do then is beat Tottenham, and that'll that could still be the decider on uh, who gets the fourth Champions League place. Uh, that could be a cracker. It's late in the season, but a North London derby with a Champions League place at stake. That that could be very feisty. So this one, I think Arsenal will win this. I think. West Ham will be knackered, and I think they've just about given up on um, on, get, on this route to the um, Champions League. I think they'll probably um, save themselves for Eintracht next week.
0: Mm. Uh, well, Gogolin, you—I uh, I can't remember. I think you trusted the process, didn't you, with Arteta? And yet, when I watch them, I feel like there's something really distinctly mi- missing. And I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a striker, but I feel like it's a personality. It, there, there's no strong personality there. I, I, well, I there's, feel...
2: there's no Patrick Vieira type yeah. anymore. I mean, that that was that was a I think that was a, a squad that was built, you know, just like the Ferguson era, the Wenger era, and all that. So this there will be a, there will be a personality that comes through. But right now, he needs to get his all these players, his own team, his own squad, his, his own players. He's got rid of a lot of uh, dead wood in that in that team, so he is stamping his mark. And I hope they trust Arteta with a plan and give him a long-term contract because managers like Arteta, young managers all need a long-term contract to come up with a plan. They have, if they have a philosophy. They need to have time to uh, instill that philosophy on the team, which means they get their own players, players that they have bought, players that they know fit into their philosophy and their plan. So let's give him some time and see how it works. Every young manager needs this and I don't believe in sacking managers after a while and you know because of the results and all that. Yes, we are it. It's a money game right now, and we cannot afford the time. But again, you know, in reality, look, an Arsenal are safe and all that, and they, I think, have a bit of money in the process. They should trust him with it. They should mm-hmm. trust him with a plan and, the, and his philosophy.
3: He got rid of the personalities, didn't he?
2: Yeah, a- he did, exactly. Ozil,
3: Aubameyang. Right,
2: I, I, it, I don't. I think that was the personality. <laughs> yeah. no, not kind of the people I'm thinking of. <laughs>
3: no, bad apples, I should say. Bad bad apples. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, Des,
0: I'm gonna. I want to take you to what I think, sir. The the. I mean, they always are the real enigma of English football. Tottenham, Tottenham v Leicester, but Tottenham are being so enigmatic oh. this Spursy. season. Spursy. Spursy. Well, yes, yeah, Spursy. But I mean, like they can win four 0 and then they lose, and then it's Tottenham v Leicester. What the hell's going to happen?
1: So even Conte can't take the Spursy out of Spurs. Um, they've got themselves in a position. They they would won three on the bounce and then they've not won the last two. Whereas Arsenal lost three on the bounce and then have won their last two. So those two are vying. It's it's like uh, juggling and which which sides are going to come down. I do think Tottenham, on form, have such a thrilling front line that um, they 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 should have the firepower to get the better of the Gunners but they've got to win games like this against Leicester. So they lost against Brighton recently, which was a gimme home points, but they they lost it. And they didn't only lose it um, in in normal fashion, they lost it in Spursy fashion in the 90th minute at home. So somehow he's got to get Kane and Son firing. Uh, Leicester won't come out and attack. They won't sit deep, but they won't make it easy for Son. They've got to win this game because I think you're dead right. It comes down to that. Game uh, game number thirty-seven in the season, Arsenal versus Tottenham, which will arguably decide that the final Champions League slots because uh Chelsea seem too far away now. United and West Ham aren't close enough. But Tottenham, they've just got to beat Leicester. Simple as that, if they uh have Champions League potential. And they will. Conte, Conte's brilliant. He'll he'll inspire them. Um I say they will, but they could lose, but they it's will. Spurs. <laughs> I mean, he's uh,
0: never he's never dealt with Spurs before.
1: Yeah. And he I mean, hates what, he hates losing doesn't
0: he it, it's it... Uh, very quickly then uh let's let's see at this point who do we think is going to get that fourth spot uh des has said spurs you you categorically say spurs yes well oh. yeah. uh Guglin, who do you who would you go for arsenal yeah mm. okay the, they're less spursy <laughs> than spurs they that little edge and bob
3: spurs i think conte will will just swing it
0: Okay. All right. We will revisit these uh, uh, when West Ham suddenly, I don't know, or Newcastle suddenly. <laughs> Egg on your face then. Okay. But in a moment, we will continue with some Premier League predictions and a bit of a visit of Malaysian football too, here on On The Ball BFM 89.9.
1: It is a fine goal. Fine header. fine goal. On The Ball on BFM 89.9.
0: And we're back on On The Ball, and we continue having a look at Premier League matches. We won't necessarily go through all of them because there's not that much to win or lose. But Gogol, I want to bring you straight in with Aston Villa versus Norwich. I said earlier that Norwich actually have a bigger wage bill than Rangers. Aston Villa on the beach.
2: What? Not quite yet, though, you know, we've been, we, we, because of the results of Burnley. He's saying we. You know, <laughs> <laughs> because of Villa, been, because of the results of Burnley, Villa have been dragged back into it. The other I think they should be safe because, you know, they've still got Everton and Leeds below them. And I think uh, we've got games on hand on them. But, you know, to be back in this, you know. It's, it's, it's disappointing to see the season we've had, especially after sacking Dino and, you know, getting Gerrard in. There needs to be an upside for if you're going to sack a, a manager that brought us up from the championship and all that. He, he got sacked after five games in a row or something like that. Well, fine enough. Again, I understand where the owners were going with this. The fans were paying for it, which is I don't understand why. A certain section of the fans. And they were happy with the Gerrard... Uh, it's a forward-thinking. Uh, it was a forward-thinking uh, appointment at that point. Again, I was not. I, I wasn't a big fan of that appointment, and I still am. Uh, jurys out on it, but I will trust. He's the He's the manager of Villa now, and I think we should trust him with it. And trust, if he has a plan and a philosophy, trust him with it. You know, he, he he has a great set of players there. So that is my point. It's not like Villa is lacking players. They have a great set of players. They just need to do a couple of tweaks here and there, and start getting the team to gel and score goals. And I think we and Villa will be all right.
0: Yeah. So next season, Villa in Champions League contention. <laughs> I think that's what Gogolin's saying. Uh, uh, Dez, you know, whoever wins this uh, this year, it, it pales into comparison to what could be the biggest story, I think, that people will remember of this season, which is Everton. Everton, um, if Everton go down, if they get relegated, they're playing Chelsea, and it's a must win. I don't see how they could win it. But... I mean, every match is now crucially important for Everton.
1: Well, they're in the relegation zones. They they do have a game in hand on Burnley, but they're two points adrift. The manner of their performance against Liverpool last week, uh, just they were bereft of any intent of winning that game of football. Um, they were scrapping and snarling and fighting and cheating. But, but,
2: but do, you have, do you blame them? Do you blame them? Because I don't blame Everton for not attacking Liverpool. Any team that's going to go and play expansive football against Anfield, against Liverpool, are going to get murdered.
1: It wasn't the lack of expansive football. It was the cheating and the gamesmanship. And it the was gamesmanship. The game there was now. no cheating. That It's cheating. Uh, you, you're Johnny telling picture, me that the Johnny Taylor and Richarlison is. going down every time he, he, he somebody <laughs> goes, somebody breathes on him, that's not cheating. I've been saying this consistently, not just this game, but Everton have got a proud tradition that they just oh, defecated all over on last week.
2: Let's, not, let's, let's tune down the hyperbole. 17% <laughs> possession
1: in a Derby game. Where they did not have a genuine uh, intention to go and win.
2: That's the reason no, they, the they have not so.
1: tried to win games. That's been the problem. Everyone said, "Oh, they tried against Liverpool, but." I, I, okay, okay, okay,
2: okay. Just- I got a hand on heart. I got to ask you a question. If that had been Salah, on the other hand, that had uh, gone down in the penalty box, would have maybe been a penalty.
1: It, I argue like it, it, it was potentially a penalty. It was potentially a penalty. It was
2: a But it, it was, was the penalty. whole...
1: No, no, you're, 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 you're taking one isolated point out of the whole performance. It was 0-0 zero, zero at
2: that point. And yeah, no, you're taking one isolated point out
1: of what I'm saying about the whole performance where they I, did I not the try to play. I agree with the whole performance. I don't... Agree. I do and not that's agree. my argument here. They did not try to play any kind of football. But the fact that they... What's... I forgot his name. Gordon. Gordon.
3: Anthony Gordon. Yeah, but I mean he got his he got his comeuppance. I mean, there was a certain karma in that, wasn't there? The referee didn't give it because he knows that Gordon is a cheat. And 10 or 20 minutes <laughs> earlier, he had blatantly dived and booked him. Oh. So I mean, you you've got to say, you've got to say that they're cheats. I mean, Richarlison spent more time on the ground than he did in an upright position.
0: Well, you know, there, there's, I, you know, in the, in the rule books, there's no kind of like cheating and, and points and whatnot. But OK, one thing we can all agree on. I think we all saw Charlie Adams, uh, yes,
1: yeah, David Dundee. <laughs> Dundee. If you didn't watch it,
0: please Google it. And his attempt to win a free really? kick, which is balletic. In a Charlie Adams kind of way. But
1: my, my bigger point is that Everton betrayed their Nilsatis nisi optimum, Nothing but the best, they said. They but, but nothing. I agree with you. That. And you know why? Because I Lampard set them out to do that. Yeah. And that, that just betrays their tradition.
0: People, uh, Des, very quickly, Everton going to stay up or go down?
1: I, I hope they stay up. I really do. But I can't see how.
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh, Bob, pretty quickly, because uh, I'm going to want you to talk some uh, Nottingham Forest a little bit later.
3: I think they'll go down.
0: That means Watford-Burnley. You think Burnley are going to beat Watford?
3: Yeah, Burnley are resurgent under the previously unknown under-23 coach, Mike Jackson. It just shows what a different voice in the dressing room uh, can do. I mean, most people were against sacking Sean Dyche. We all thought it was harsh, but maybe the owners knew something. Maybe the players were a little bit tired of listening to his... uh, Unmistakable voice, and um, <laughs> they wanted something different. And he's Jackson has earned seven points out of a possible nine, and I think they've got the momentum, uh, which uh, which Everton don't have, and I think that's the difference. Burnley, uh, Burnley to scrape up, I think.
0: Right, yeah, he went through that one fast when I promised him a bit of Nottingham Forest, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh Meanwhile, in our part of the world, Asian football uh, AFC JDT are doing. They're continuing their winning streak.
1: So uh, I've I've been fortunate to be working on um, the Group I of the AFC Champions League, hosted by Johor at the Larkin Stadium and the Sultan Ibrahim Stadium. And we go into the final round of fixtures on Saturday, five o'clock, where if Johor can beat Ulsan, they will win their group and go through to the round of 16 in the AFC Champions League, which doesn't take place until February next year, long time away. So they've got a lot of time to think about it. But if they can beat Ulsan, and they've already beaten Ulsan once this season, they will go through. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal achievement. However, it's a big ask because Ulsan have suddenly upped their game. Ulsan beat Kawasaki 3-2. So Kawasaki, the J League champions, they need Johor and Ulsan to draw and Kawasaki to beat Guangzhou for Kawasaki to go through. But the fact we're talking of Johor possibly going through in a group with Kawasaki Frontali, the J-League champions, Ulsan Hyundai, the semi-finalists of the AFC Champions League last season, the 2020 champions, says that Johor have really done remarkable things. I've got to put a a coder on that, though. Johor have used 29 players in five matches 19 Malaysia internationals, seven different imports. So the resources that Johor have put in to this attempt have been absolutely incredible. It backfired with a 5-0 defeat against Kawasaki, but they're still in there. They've rested their key players. Their top team will come out on Saturday. So if you're a supporter of Malaysian football, please get behind Johor on Saturday, 5 o'clock.
0: Uh, Gogolin, are you getting behind uh,
2: JDT?
1: Well, if, if not for the traffic on the highways, I would be there physically.
2: Yeah? Me getting behind the team. Yeah, that's a big game to be there to watch. Yeah. And what Des said, you know, that, that is something, I mean, if you are in the area, or if you are in Johor, get yourself down to the stadium, and it's a great stadium to watch that match.
0: And all during fasting month, with Raya just coming up. A bit yeah, strange. and it's a five yeah. o'clock
1: start. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, tricky time.
1: Tricky time, tricky
0: time. Yeah.
2: Okay, as
0: promised... Uh, we got the championship because things are really hotting up there, and it looked like well, for sure, Fulham are through, and it looked like Bournemouth were nailed in for the second spot. But things have been happening, Bob Holmes, and try not to say "we" too much when you talk about Nottingham Forest.
3: Okay, how many how many "we's" am I allowed? None. Um, none. Okay, <laughs> you, this, you this done be... it.
0: You should have done it before we started recording.
3: This might be tricky. <laughs> okay. Well, the. Um... The win at Fulham, Forrest's win at Fulham in midweek, um, changed everything because uh, Fulham expected to be crown champions. And uh, Forrest did uh, confirm their position in the playoffs. But they also, by winning, by getting the three points and with Bournemouth dropping two points on the same night, um, gave themselves a chance of automatic promotion. and. The reason for that, although Forrest are behind Bournemouth, they've got to play each other. And Forrest have a slightly better goals difference. So the thing is, if Forrest beat Bournemouth and win their two other games, Forrest will go up uh, automatically. And Bournemouth will be in the playoff positions. I still think it's a tall order. I think Bournemouth have got to be favourites. It's at Bournemouth. I mean, they've they've been up there for the entire season it would be amazing if they were to fall off a cliff now um, but uh the forest are on a roll and you you wouldn't put anything past them they've they've had severe injuries but they they just seem to shrug them off and the next man comes up and does the business so uh it's it's been uh absolutely remarkable they have the the best record um outside of fulham in the league after uh steve cooper was appointed they only got one point from their first 21 and now that is some recovery
0: yeah so that's that's the championship or as bob calls it the league that nottingham forest are in but Gogland, your your team aston villa were you know relegated fairly recently it's a mighty achievement to get out of the championship
2: it is, it is. The championship is... is I, I really don't understand why uh, our cable guys did not show the championship because it is one of the most interesting leagues in the world and the quality of football that is played there is also very, very, very very high quality and it's famously tough to get out of the championships. You play loads of games so to get out of the championship is actually a very, very, very... Uh, great achievement. And but I, this is why I it surprises me that after you get out of the championship, you get, uh, teams like Fulham and Norwich just slip back right in after you know, I don't know how why they don't actually adapt much to the Premier League in a way. Not
3: not all do uh yeah, what not about not Brent, Brentford. I mean they were everybody's favorite to to bounce <laughs> straight <laughs> straight back down. Well they? No, look at them they're halfway up the league.
2: Fair enough, fair enough, fair play. But you know, Fulham and Norwich have done I've I've gone in and out quite a couple of times. So you know you you think they know by now.
0: <laughs> OK, we've got, we got 30 seconds. So, Des, 30 seconds. How do you survive as a promoted club? What do you have to do?
1: Um, make sure you strengthen your defence a little bit. Um, uh, Fulham tried to do that last time they came up, changed the whole back five, and it upset their ability to go forward. But you make sure you have a, a strong spine, a strong central midfielder, two excellent central defenders and a top-class goalkeeper. That gives you a chance because then your creative play can work in. But you make sure you don't concede a lot of goals.
0: So there you have it. Des's recipe is just be a very good football club. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) A well-run football club. (laughs) A well-run football club with good players in every position. (laughs) Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this week's uh, show. And uh, it was a a packed show. It's been a packed time. And we're coming, as we move along to nearer the end of the show, the, the, the season, sorry, there will not be a show on Monday. It's a public holiday. But we'll be back with probably with these guys on Friday. So in the meantime, it's Thank You, Bob Holmes.
3: Thanks, everybody. And I don't think I said we.
0: Well ah. done. Real pro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, Des Corkill?
1: Yeah, don't know where to look this weekend. Uh, I'm professionally, I'm with Johor. Emotionally, I'm with uh, Liverpool. Uh, but there's just so much football. It's fantastic.
0: And Gogolin?
2: Yes, everyone. Uh, enjoy the holidays and uh, watch a lot of football. And support JDT.
0: Mm-hmm. And also, may I just stress, please drive carefully. Uh, it's it's that time of year, so you, you uh, can't
2: you can't you you can't move, so you you, you won't be driving fast anyway. <laughs> it's like a gridlock.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you very much, and please join us, Paul, next Friday. It's uh, on the ball, BFM eighty nine point
1: nine. He cannot win the title now an outstanding goalkeeper, and he's been absolutely brilliant. On the ball on BFM
2: eighty nine
0: point nine. Thank you for listening to this podcast.